0: Alrighty, so uh, I'm really excited about what I feel the Lord uh, laid on my heart. Just uh, prepping, uh, entitled "Wait." We're going to get into a new series uh, in uh, uh, next, starting from next week. But I really felt this was important for today. And New Year's is that time when much of the world makes resolutions. How many, either written or in your mind, have done a resolution already? Hands up. How many? Very few of you guys. So it's actually quite good that some of you are disorganized in your goal setting and resolutions because this will help you a lot. Those eager beavers, well done. This will also help you. So we do these resolutions, things to... Change things to improve, things to stop, things to start. Here are some common ones that were from Forbes magazine that are going to pop up there. You can see some of those save money, pay off debts, some of the most popular. Um, I got some others that were uh, sort of semi important to me as well. Um, so, obviously, one there was um, getting fit, playing touch rugby. anybody welcome Tuesdays and Thursdays. I occasionally make it, depends on how I'm feeling. Uh, And if I want to get fit in that day, Uh, I have some other ones over here. Some people also want to do gym workouts. So I got these for me, which is a healthy starting size. One and a half kgs. I'm joking, they're serious. Mine are huge. Most of you wouldn't be able to lift those at home. Uh, Anyway, some of us decide on fitness and sign up for gym memberships, a huge part of New Year's resolutions. I have uh, some others here. Some people decide to eat more healthily. Some people decide that, especially after Christmas. You know, we nail that ham, we nail the chicken and everything else. And come New Year's, we're sort of feeling a bit bloated. We decide it's time to add vegetables to our diet once again. Um, I have a few other things. Uh, we plan holidays. So I actually got these. How cool are these? I got these from, I got these from uh, my sister-in-law for, uh, um, for us going to the beach later. So we plan holidays and trips. And that is one of the things that Sierra and I love to do is planning those. Um, we talk about losing weight, quitting smoking, some of us, save more money, might be some prepare for retirement, spend more time with family and friends, spend less time on social media. I did three days after Christmas, I said, I'm going to turn off my phone for three days, solid, not on silent, not airplane mode, off. The first day was pretty tough, I'm not going to lie, because I just find many reasons to look at my phone. It could be the news that's suddenly urgent that I check BBC, what's the weather doing in three days' time, Uh, where am I going to go on holiday in three years? I mean, I, I just find it essential, and most of us don't know that we're hooked on our phones. So that's my challenge to you. Whether it's for one day or for three days, just turn off your phone, actually turn it off and see how you feel. I think you'll feel like you want to keep checking it for the first day. You'll probably feel relaxed after that. So social media, reduce stress on the job might be for others. Travel to new places, volunteer, fall in love. That might be another one. What you want to do, get organized. So some of you might be doing digital planners. Other planners might be that. For Christ followers, there may be some other resolutions such as praying more, going to church, making church something regular. So well done, everybody here. Great start. First one of the year. Proud of you. Um, Reading the Bible in one year or at least reading the Bible. That might be for some of you. Watching our language and trying not to gossip. That's one of the key ones that I found. These are all searches on the internet, by the way. I didn't make these up. Be angry less. Honor your commitment to your spouse. Be nice to your pastor. I promise I didn't just make that up. That is there. That is there. And to be honest, it's been a great start. You've been very kind so far in 2023. So you're doing well. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. Give generously. Serve more. So these are some great ideas. But statistics show that most resolutions fail before the end of February. Globally. Most resolutions fail before the end of February. And uh, have any of you made a, a New Year's resolution on New Year's that's already failed? Anybody? Anybody brave enough say I made one and I failed it in eight days. Someone at the back, that is some great courage, Sarah, well done, I like it. There's others, they're just too shy to put their hands up, so well done. So as I was processing all of this over New Year and I was asking God, what what, what do you want to say to us as hope family, people exploring and checking it out? I felt immediately drawn, it was one of those instant ones, to Isaiah 40, um, a a short passage in Isaiah 40 and I just couldn't shake it. And this is more important than any resolution you or I could make this year. In fact, I believe it's essential before we even begin acting on resolutions. And So if you want this year to be effective and truly impactful in each year of life, we must follow what this passage speaks about. So before I read, we'll read together. It's going to be up there. But let me just give you a bit of context about the the prophet Isaiah who was writing. So he was a prophet who wrote from 745 B.C. to 690 B.C., and that's recognized by Christian and non-Christian scholars. Uh, He predicted God's victory over Assyria, which happened in 701 B.C., And the chapter we're looking at was addressed to the exiles of Israel who were in Babylon at the time. They had been uh, taken from their homes. There had been war and they'd been taken into Babylon and they were living as exiles in this place. They were under captivity. They weren't allowed to return to Israel. They couldn't live as they would have liked. They were under the rulership of a kingdom that they didn't believe in and and, and that obviously was difficult. They would have been questioning if God had forgotten them. Did he care about them? Was he involved in their lives? They were supposedly the people of God, but they were living under captivity. And so regardless of where you are on your faith journey today, you'll probably be in one of two New Year camps this morning. Some of you here may be super excited about the year. You've done your plans. There was about eight of you. Uh, so, but, but others might be working on your plans. But either way, you're excited, you're pumped, you've got great vision for business, you're excited about what's happening in your family, you're, whether you're Christ for or not, you're pumped. And that's amazing. This message will be important to you so that you don't miss the most important plan you can make. Others of you may be feeling a bit like the people of Israel, that 2022 just whacked you hard. And to be honest, you're not that excited about 2023. There's elements of it that maybe you are, but actually you're in a difficult place. Maybe you're feeling, God, where are you? Is this year going to be as hectic as last year? I feel like I'm a bit purposeless. Maybe I'm just wondering. I'm going through the motions. I feel like I'm exhausted, and it's only the 8th of January. And this passage is your starting point before anywhere else. So it applies to all of us. So we're going to read from um, Isaiah 40. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. Otherwise, it's going to be on the screen. Verses 25 to 31 so i'll read that first a little bit here this is what it says to whom then will you compare me that i should be like him says the holy one lift up your eyes on high and see who created these who brings out their host by number calling them all by name by the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power not one is missing and so isaiah sets the scene almost this questioning process it's a comparison taking place between god and anything or anyone else who would be able to compare with him and Isaiah imagines God asking on the throne whether there's anyone like him obviously he doesn't need to ask that but that's the picture that Isaiah is bringing across the answer comes in the form of another simple question look outside at night and marvel who created the stars lift up your eyes on high and see who created these when was the last time you just walked outside and watched the stars? We used to love doing this as children in Kariba, either on a houseboat or outside. We would just lie there and just look up. And it's so dark, there isn't um, the, the, the nights of the sky that we see in cities. And we'd see shooting stars and we'd try and count them. But there's just something incredible. And the more you look at, the more you see in each different area. So I've got a few pictures here, which are just a little bit about stars. come on here so I can actually see it more effectively. So that is our solar system and Earth is somewhere down there, you can hardly see it, dots at the bottom of the screen, and that is our sun in our little solar system. You can see the size difference. And then if you go to the next one, um, thanks Finn, this shows uh, our sun, which is entitled Sol over there, bottom left, tiny dot like a pinprick, compared to some other stars within our Milky Way. And so it gives you this picture that the sun is really a star, But actually, it's a pretty average, ordinary star compared to many others. And now they found others that are even bigger than that. So we're talking about stars. They may look twinkly and fun, but, but that's really what they are. They're burning balls of gas like the sun, many of them larger than our sun. So my challenge to you is this week, go outside, no matter how old you are. Take a look at the stars. Enjoy them for a while. Remember their size. Now in biblical times, astronomers thought that there would have been a few thousand stars. So at the time of Isaiah writing, astronomers then, different faiths, believed there were stars in the thousands. Now with modern telescopes, we know that there's millions and millions of stars, uncountable ones. The bigger our telescopes, the more that we find. And scripture says over here, he brings out their host by number, calling them by name. Each of those stars twinkling in the sky balls of burning gas is created by the greatness of his might each one is made purposefully and none are missing or lost it's almost like the telescopes keep getting bigger to see more of what's already been there from eternity past that God created he is strong in power first thing we need to realize today our world is not random it's ordered it's not uh, logical to believe that something incredibly complex that as we um, as we uh, believe in today came about accidentally we don't believe that in other contexts we shouldn't believe that in creative contexts. you know in other contexts i've shared this before but we believe that inventors are more advanced than their inventions so we believe that steve jobs who invented the iphone is more advanced than the iphone that he created but then somehow sometimes we go ah, but the universe that came about it obviously came about from something less advanced than it is today And for some reason we struggle to go, no, if it makes logical sense to us in every other context, it should make sense as well that the world and everything we see had a creator. You see, belief in God and science are not opponents to each other. They're on the same team. The incredible precise functioning of earth and our solar system alone speaks of perfect design. And there's actually many non-faith-based scholars and scientists now who are saying, "We, we don't believe in God or the Bible but we do believe in intelligent design. And so they're coming to the place of going, this, it's impossible this came about randomly. We don't believe it was the God of the Bible, but it had to have been created by someone or something. Why? Because of perfect design. And the more I look at the universe and how it operates, the more I feel it points to, as it says there, the Holy One. We don't have time to explore God's creative work here. We're going to do a series on it uh, at church. So get ready for that. There's many resources we can help you with. But in the meantime, that's where I want us to go. The starting point is there's a powerful God at work. And so we continue. He's powerful. But what more do we look at? It says, verse 27, why do you say, "O Jacob, and speak, "O Israel? The Israelite people, they were sort of mumbling and, and, and sort of saying, where's God? Why are they saying, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. See, for the Israelite people in captivity, there would have been questions that they had of God. Sure, you may be powerful, God. So sure, we understand that maybe you created the stars, maybe you're the creator, but do you care about me personally? Are you a God who creates and then you don't care about your creation, you just let them operate? Or are you a God who creates and you also care? That's why they ask that question, isn't my way hidden from you? I'm being treated terribly here, my life is miserable, we're in captivity. God, do you care about my rights? Do you care about who I am as a human? Maybe some of you today have those same questions. Maybe last year, you had the same questions of God. In essence, God, you might be powerful, but do you care about what I'm going through? I read this all in the Bible, but of what I've gone through in 2022, what I'm facing right now, relationally, business, do you actually care? Does my life mean anything to you at all? And as I says, there's some important things to take note of. Firstly, he says, the Lord is the everlasting God he was there before the beginning he has no end he created not only the stars in space but the ends of the earth and everything inside it he created you and me we are not accidents you're made for a purpose Psalm 31:39. Uh, I don't have time to go to it an amazing passage from uh, David uh, a great author of scripture it says you were knit together in your mother's womb it says that God saw your and my unformed body actually the greatest uh, demonstration of why abortion is murder is because as Christ follows, we believe that God saw us and planned our lives before our parents did. He saw our unformed body when we were cells, before body parts grew on us in our mother's womb, and he planned our lives. So that's why we believe in life, no matter how it looks, because God creates at cell level, at every level. Ephesians 2 says that we are his workmanship, created to do good work. So you and I have a purpose. And then he goes on a bit further. He says the Lord's the everlasting God. He's the creator. And it says he does not faint or go grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. The Lord is in control of this world, of your life and mine. Nothing you're going through catches him by surprise and nothing ever will. He knows the future. He doesn't get tired. When you sleep, he works. When you're awake, he's awake. you can rest in that his understanding is beyond us we may not see what he's doing but he is at work and he's at work always he can ensure that every possible detail and every event in this broken world can ultimately bring good he can weave goodness through the tapestry of pain he can create purpose out of your hardest situation right now he knew the precise moment you were going to be born he knew before creation that you and i would be in this room today He knows the stars, he knows you and me, and he cares, and he cares deeply. He proves his love for us by paying the ultimate price of death, even death on a cross. He holds the universe together by the power of his word, and by that same power, he raised Jesus from the dead. And because of that, you and I can have confidence that death is not the end. In fact, it's just the doorway into life forever. And so there's none like him, there's no pursuit you and I can have, there's no focus that we can live for, there's no business deal or business growth, there's no bank account balance that can provide us with the purpose that he alone can. So at the start of the year, it's something for us to think on. Last bit, verse 29, look at what it says, he gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up uh, with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So he isn't just powerful, he doesn't just care, but he gives supernatural strength for your life and mine. So he's powerful, he cares, but he also gives strength and we all need that power no matter who you are and how great life seems to be going there will be a time that comes where we feel life is not as it ought to be c.s lewis was famous for saying um, that sometimes suffering and difficulty is the megaphone that god uses to rouse a deaf world doesn't always have to happen like that and uh, Often if our attention is caught, it doesn't, it doesn't work out that way. But we live in a broken world, and sometimes it's only hard things that we go through that turn us to the one who cares about us most. Scripture says there that even youth shall faint and young men fall exhausted. So you and I, we can set great goals. We can push hard. We can build businesses. We can raise children. We can live healthy. We can train hard. But we don't have an inexhaustible well of energy. You and I can't run 24-7 without replenishing our strength if we go too hard we burn out fatigue sets in depression rises and if we look at the entire life that you and i live as time continues to march on our strength and energy will eventually run out and we notice this age right so i used to look at all the sportsmen and uh, actors and I was probably 16, 17, 18, sometimes early 20s, and I looked at them, and they were like 27 or 31, and I thought, eesh, I've still got time to be famous, I still have time to make it as an actor, I still have, I still have all of this on my side, I still have hair on my head, I mean, I, I just had the world before me, and now suddenly all of those guys are younger than me, and I'm looking and going, well, I've definitely passed it, so that's never gonna happen, but time, as they say, waits for no one, time ticks along, and none of us can stop it, doesn't matter who we are, Where we come from, the money we have, we cannot halt time. Our bodies decay, our muscles weaken, our eyesight fades, our minds can begin to give way. Life beyond the grave draws close. And if there is supernatural life beyond the grave, then we need supernatural strength to help us find that life. We can't muster it on our own. Then it gets the most exciting part, the key part of the message today. It says, young men shall fall exhausted, but... That short word, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They who wait for the Lord. The Bible is saying if you want 2023 to be a year where you receive supernatural powerful life, if you want to experience true fulfilling life, not burning out, not lacking strength, not falling exhausted, the solution is not to run harder. It's not to do more. It's to wait is to wait that's what he says but those who wait on the lord are the ones who will renew their strength before any goals before any plans before racing into the year we must wait but why why does god say that see the hebrew word for wait has roots actually in sort of the tension on a rope so when a rope is under tension it's kind of it's it's waiting it hasn't given way yet but, but it's, it's not necessarily a comfortable waiting. And that's, that's the roots of the word. But that word, Hebrew word for, for wait, it speaks of looking to, hoping in, being eager to see, savoring. It's active waiting. It's almost that sense of being in a room where there's someone famous or someone you've longed to hear a speech from about to speak. I remember I was lucky enough to, when I was in Cape Town, I worked sort of um, for an events group, but it was a smaller one. And uh, I was lucky enough to be one of the waiters at the small sort of dinner party of 10 people that Desmond Tutu was at. And so there was just 10 of us in, in, in this, this, this lovely sort of uh, villa house. And so we were serving and there was three of us. We were asked to do it. And I remember we had done dinner and, and then actually there was an opportunity for us to just sit around the table with the people we'd been serving, those 10. And uh, I remember just waiting eagerly to hear what Desmond would say just about life. I just wanted to hear... What this person said. There was sort of the room was quiet and everyone was sort of just hanging on every word. That's the sense of weight that this Hebrew word is getting across. It's the model Christ set for us when he spent time with God the Father, when he said, I only do what I hear the Father asking me to do. I wait. And I speak to the Father, and when he tells me what to do, then I then I act on it when he was on earth. It's how the disciples lived when Jesus said, Come and follow me, and it just says immediately dropped their nets they dropped their livelihoods and they followed why because there was something in his voice there was something they'd been waiting for their lifetime and suddenly when they heard it they'd been waiting they heard it and they were able to move forward it's orientating our lives around the all-powerful one it's not moving forward until we experience his peace and direction it's walking with the king this is resolution number one and everything flows out of it and as we do that we experience we start to live in the supernatural As we wait on him, where it says before, young men, people who have it all together start to faint and tire out. We actually have this thing where our spirits, as we wait on God, they go the other direction. We actually gain strength. We don't fall exhausted. Not because we suddenly don't need to sleep anymore. You don't wait on God and then live 24 hours without rest. (laughs) It's not what it's saying. We don't become the the same with God. But because we're so finely tuned to doing only what he asks us to do. There's no wastage in our lives. We don't do things that we're not supposed to be doing. We don't get busy doing things that are not effective and that he's not asked us to do. And so, as we wait on him, we renew our strength. There's no fruitless activity. There's exhilarating purpose. Each day, each goal is his goal. It's his leading. And as we do that and as we grow in that each day, in a sense, we don't tire. We don't burn out. We live refreshed daily. And obviously, ultimately, for all eternity, we can live refreshed. We will get older, our bones will decay here to an extent, but our spirits, the life we lead is a refreshing one. We're at Vic Falls, I get ready to close, I think I've got a picture of it, and I've actually never seen one in the wild, is there a picture of those Marshall Eagles, you might see it, um, and uh, that's not pictures I took, I just stole them off Google, but I didn't have a big enough camera, uh, but it was about 50 meters away from us, we were um, on the sandbanks uh, at Zambezi, and this martial Eagle just stood in front of us, sort of cleaning, um, uh, cleaning himself uh, for, for ages. They're the biggest eagle uh, in Africa, um, largest wingspan by a long way. And it was just beautiful to see. And then it took off and it flew over the top of us and past us. Um, and it was, it was such a sight just because I've never seen one uh, out in the wild and that close. It was powerful, it was clear, it was focused and just effortless. It did that takeoff and the way it glided past us was incredible. And this is the picture that Isaiah draws on when he talks about what it means to renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not be faint so he draws on this picture because there's something in a soaring eagle that ignites the heart it's interesting that there was a time where those leadership posters in offices were really big and so often They had eagles representing leadership. Why? Because we're just drawn to the type of life that this eagle lives. That if we could sum up our lives in terms of an animal picture, it may well be the flight of an eagle. That's what we would aim at. Something special in it. See, when we wait on God, we only do what we're supposed to do. He gives us supernatural strength for precisely the life he's called us to. And in that way, we don't grow tired. We don't grow bored. We don't grow weary. We don't grow purposelessness. Purposelessness purposeless never very good at English it's what I learned at St. John's prep it didn't set me up for life Um, (laughs) so we don't we grow in purpose more importantly as we wait and rely on Jesus we prepare for life beyond the grave our eyes are focused on the eternal rather than the temporary and so we get an eternal purpose the Israelite people were in earthly captivity they were looking for God to rescue them but the greater picture of what we've just read is the picture that each of us face it's the picture of being in captivity to our sin and to our brokenness and where God was there to restore them and save them from the Babylonian empire God came to us and paid the price on a cross to free us from the captivity that sin has on our lives so that we can experience freedom in him now and forever that's what we truly need so as I get ready to pray My challenge to each of us is to wait on God this year. Don't move forward until he speaks. In every area of your life, wait. Wait patiently. Don't rush. Don't frazz yourself. Live full. Live in the moment. That's the way to effective life in 2023. Should we stand? We'll pray together. just in the stillness and the quiet I know the Holy Spirit is here whether you know God not or not here today I want you to open up your heart just in these few moments to what he might say to you maybe for the first time you've sat and you can't quite describe it but in your heart or in your spirit maybe your heart's raced a little bit maybe for the first time as you heard scripture read no one had to argue it with you you didn't have to Go and research scientific books, but suddenly you just went, I just know there's a God who's alive and he's talking to me now. Maybe that was you. Maybe you're a real planner and you've planned out the year and you've mapped out the year. You've got all of your plans, and maybe right now God would say, Actually, can we do a rerun? But could we start with just waiting on me and saying, God, what would you like me to do this year? Father, I pray that you would save each of us in this room from burnout. You would save us from living for things that are ineffective you would save us from putting our hope in things that don't last you would save us from investing resources and time and abilities into things that don't have a lasting impact and the answer to that right now is to wait on you it's to say God we're here we're available we want to hang on every word and we want to keep waiting we don't want to move forward until we hear what you say So, Father, I pray this year of anything else that would be a great year of waiting on you, that you'd help us in that. And for the very first time here today, if you've never waited on God, if you've never turned your eyes to him, you can do that. You can just turn to him and you can say, Lord, for the first time, I've realized you're alive. Would you come into my heart and would you change me? Would you change me from the inside out? he'll do it. He loves to do that. So, Father, I pray as we head out from here today, we would be great waiters. And as a result, I know you'll set us up to soar and to have an impact for you. Your powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. I obviously was going on a bit because the phone was ringing and it was saying it's time. So I put an alarm for 10 o'clock to say, Craig, it's done. You're over time. so it's such a privilege to be here together. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. If you have any questions, please head to the team at the back, Mika Sasha, uh, Dan Garvin, and others. Ask questions, find out more. If you want to start serving, if you want to join a connect group, if you want to find out about Alpha, do that at the back as well. Otherwise, have a brilliant week, and we can't wait to see you next week. Thanks so much.